Anyways, okay, let's pray and we're going to get right to it. You guys did see, hopefully, this iron in here. If you haven't held the iron, I need you to hold this just momentarily and take a guess as to how much it weighs, okay? I'm going to do that here in a second. Let's pray and then we'll get right into this, okay? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this group, for this family. Thank you for being our father and Lord leading and guiding us. And God, as you know, as we're acknowledging fathers today, I'm reminded, I'm just thinking about one role of the father is to is to lead and to to instruct his children. And uh, Father, we want you to instruct us, to lead us, to guide us maybe to correct us, to encourage us, to comfort us. Whatever it is, God, you know exactly what to say to us, how to say it. And so, God, I ask that you would get me out of the way, move me aside, um, and just use me to speak to your people. God, ultimately, we just want to hear from you this morning. And so, God, in this time, this first service we have, Lord, would you have your way? Would you speak to us? exactly what we need to hear and ask it in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. Who has not held this? Isabel has not held this. Isabel, how much do you think this weighs? Fifteen pounds. Okay. Good guess. Bailey, how much does that weigh? What do you think? Just take a stab. 17 pounds. Okay. Good guess. All right. What do you think? Ten. It's a good guess. Common guess. Trini, what do you think? Seven. Okay. Jordan, what do you think? Fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Ten. Aubrey, did you hold this yet? You did. Okay. You guys got it? He's like, I want to play with it. Let me play with it. What's your name? Kirsten. Kirsten, cool. 11, solid. Did you, you didn't hold this yet? What do you think? We think, we think. Eight, okay. Brock. Brock's a master. He's a, he's a, a nurse, so he like, you know, he would know this. Yeah. Okay, he does not know this. All right, got it. What do you think, Ayala? 13, Brock says 12, Ayala says 13. You definitely already held this. Brenda, Brenda will get this. Brenda will not get this, okay. <laughs> right. Okay, the correct answer is... 3.8 pounds. Did you? Okay, okay, okay. Yes, so the closest one wins. So this is 3.8-ish pounds. It is really dense because all of its mass is compacted into this tiny little iron. Uh, so if you pick up this versus like a five-pound dumbbell, a five-pound dumbbell, which is heavier than this, is spread out. So you grab the dumbbell, and it feels lighter than when you pick this up. But that's because you pick it up with different motions in your hand. So if you pick up this iron, this is an iron that they would use to iron things. If you pick this up, you have to pick it up with your thumb and your fingers, right? If you pick up a dumbbell... Typically, you reach all the way around. But if you pick up a five-pound dumbbell with your thumb and your fingers, you can definitely feel that five pounds is heavier than this. Kind of weird. Kind of like an illusion almost. So this is an iron. And uh, we're going to start this morning with a verse from Proverbs, a common verse that you've heard probably uh, many times maybe. Proverbs 27, verse 17, it says, Iron sharpeneth iron, though a man sharpeneth countenance, of his friend. So what you noticed as we passed this iron around 
is what? What did you notice as you held the iron? It's heavy, right? It's heavier than it looks like it should be. Iron, the metal, the, the, the metal iron is it's heavy, right? Uh, I want to tell you a few stories really quick. So there was a time, it was probably nine years ago. Might have been 10, 10 years ago. Nine or 10 years ago. I was sitting up in what is now Balcony West. Okay, I was sitting up there and I was telling my friend and pastor, Brandon, I, I was telling him, hey, Brandon, I think that Kylie and I are, uh, we're going to start the Hispanic ministry. <clears throat> Hispanic ministry was not around. I had only been in youth ministry for about a year. And uh, I was like, hey, I think I'm going to start the Hispanic ministry because Kylie and I have a burden, a heart for it. And he's like, okay, Jeff, I think that's great that you have a heart for that. You haven't proven yourself to be faithful. So you're not going to do that. I was like, whoa, wow, you just said that. Shed some tears, prayed, submitted to his notion that I wasn't proven in my faithfulness yet. I said, okay, I'm going to keep in youth ministry. Talked with Kylie about it. It was a really hard conversation. We actually went and hung out with Nate and Tiffany later that night. We went to their house. Oliver, I think, was, uh, if he, depending on how old, right, it may have been just before he was born. It was in the apartment down the street. So I don't know. But anyways, we went and hung out with them. And before we hung out with them, I remember having this conversation with Kylie. And she's, she's weeping because our heart, our burden was to reach Hispanic families in, in the city. But Brandon uh, was like, nah, I don't think so, man. You're not the guy. I was like, wow, okay. Another story regarding Brandon. I, I used to lead a basketball team. Yeah. Nate knows we were really good. Right. <clears throat> we were actually very terrible. We lost most of the time. There was one season where we had um, we went on a run. It was like uh, the Cinderella story. We weren't supposed to win, but we made it like all the way to the championship game and lost. And it was pretty exciting. But there was one season in particular, that Brandon, I, I, I uh, convinced Brandon Briscoe to play with our team. He and Joe Medlin, like guys that I really always wanted to play with, they actually said, yeah, we'll play. I was like, wow, okay, great. So we're playing, the season is going on. We played every Friday night. And there was one Friday in March and I, I, I said, you know what? There's this marriage conference. Kyla and I had been married maybe two or three years. I was like, I wanna go to this marriage conference. That sounds really cool. Like go and listen to preaching and teaching about marriage. Not done that before. So I, I text Brandon and the team. I say, hey, I'm not gonna be there. I'm the captain, the leader, the coach of this team. Like, I'm not going to be there. I have a, a marriage conference I'm going to. Brandon says, bro, what? You're skipping out on a game? There's like eight games in the whole season, and you're skipping a game to go on a marriage conference? Bro, I've been married 10 years, and I haven't gone on a marriage to a marriage conference. What do you mean you're just going to skip this commitment that you, have, that you have given to go do something else that you want to do? I was like... In my mind, initially, I'm like, what is this dude's deal? Like, it's a marriage conference. It's way more important than a basketball game. That wasn't the point, was it? The point was I had committed to something, to leading something, and I was failing in that moment and deciding to go do something else. And Brandon called me on it. He said, bro, you don't do that. That's not right. You do whatever you want, that's not right. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I know what I'm deciding now, right? So I didn't go to the marriage conference. I think I spent like 150 bucks, which that's kind of a lot of money, right? 150 bucks. And I went to the game and I'm pretty sure we lost, right? The point was he was calling me on behavior that was kind of unfaithful. Well-meaning, I had good intentions. I wasn't faithful. I'll tell you another story. I sat at uh, uh, Chris Best's dinner table. Do you, do you know who Pastor Chris Best is? Do you know him? Okay. Pastor Chris Best is the big buff pastor. He's, he's, 
he's aging. He's 50-something, but he's still buffer than all of the passers, right? He's huge. He's, uh, I'm sorry, he's bigger than all of your dads. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not start this. Let's not start this. You, Let's not start first, this. first of all, first of all, you're subjective. And Chris is not actually even my biological dad. But I'm just objective enough to know that a, a college linebacker is bigger than your dad. I'm sorry, he is. He just is. It's facts. Okay, so who knows what Pastor Chris Best is to me? He's not my dad, but he kind of is, right? He's my father-in-law. So there was a time where I was dating Kylie, my wife, his daughter, and I did not uh, grow up in a youth group and in a church like this that teaches the Bible and how we interact and, and treat one another. So when we began uh, pursuing a relationship, I was pretty clueless and I was pretty ignorant and, I, and I, I was doing things the way I thought they should be done. I like a girl, I'm gonna pursue this girl. Well, I was not doing things very well and he sat me down at their dinner table with his humongous biceps and forearms and he opened the Bible <clears throat> to 1 Timothy chapter 5, and he discusses with me how young men are to view young ladies and how we're to treat the younger women as sisters. And he says, you need to treat my daughter as if she's your sister. You don't touch her. You don't all of the other things that would be inappropriate for a, a, a boy and his sister. And that was a gut check. I was like, whoa, I've never had this kind of conversation with some girl's dad. This is hardcore. And it was so good, but it was hard because he's humongous, okay? <laughs> Last story, and uh, this is relevant to you guys. There was a youth retreat about, it's probably, I don't know, it may have been five years ago, six years ago, something like that. And we did our spring retreat at Harvest. We're at Harvest um, oh. Baptist in uh, uh, Blue Springs. I remember. You weren't there five years ago. Yeah, but I, yes, because I left at two o'clock. Anyways, okay. so we're at Harvest, right? And I have a couple of girls. They're students of mine from Grandview where I'm a teacher. And I invited them to this retreat and they showed up. And I was like, wow, great. These students are here at this retreat. Well, during the course of an afternoon, we had this big free open time. We're all playing games. We're playing around, playing in their gym. And I'm like, wait, where'd these two girls go? That's not good. I better go find these two girls who are visiting our church retreat. So I go wandering through this church that I'm not familiar with, looking for these two girls when I walk into like a, it's like a nursery, similar to our nursery. It's a big kind of open room with some chairs around the edge. And I look in, I see them, and I go in and I turn the lights on. And they're like, no, 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 no. Turn the lights off. I'm like, wow, okay, what? They say, they say, turn the, turn the lights off and leave the door closed. I'm like, uh, I don't think I could do that. I shouldn't do that. Either turn the lights on or, or open the door. Well, I got to have one of these. Let's compromise, right? Regardless, they compromised a little bit. And then she begins to, one of the girls begins to tell me some things that happened to her. And some pretty serious traumatic stuff. I'm like, ah. I don't know what's happening. Where am I at? What am I doing? What? Ah, you know, I'm in this room with these girls that I kind of know. They're my students and they're telling me some heavy stuff. Well, there was a group of us that were off looking for these girls. Tiffany actually shows up shortly after, pops her head around the door. And I'm like, hey, Tiffany, you got this. And then I, I, I get out of there because I had been in there for several minutes talking with these girls. Because when somebody lays something like that on you, it's like, what do you do? I, but listen and try to empathize and I don't know I didn't know what to do okay well the following Sunday Nate Tiffany's husband comes up to me and at the corner of 40th and Walnut right here at the corner of our church he says listen Jeff I'm fully supportive of you I'm behind you like you're you're like I'm sub submit to you but what you did, being in that room with those girls, wasn't blameless. You can't do that. 
you got to avoid that situation. And I was like, I, yeah, dude, you're right. Thank you. You're right. I, I, I needed, like I knew something was off, but I shouldn't have even gone in there. I, I needed to learn that lesson that mm, you don't even go in that room. Why? Because it would, it would have been a really quick, easy conversation between one of those girls and maybe one of my coworkers, a parent, an administrator, anyone to make a quick, easy accusation of, of misbehavior. And I would have been out of job. A, a whole array of bad possibilities could have happened, right? I needed Nate to tell me that. Here's what we need to know. Iron is heavy and it has to be used with tact and with skill and with strength, but iron can be useful for several things. Iron can be useful for structural reinforcements like a bridge or different buildings, right, are made of iron. It can also be used for sharpening a weapon as the proverb kind of describes iron sharpeneth iron, okay? When you, when you rub iron next to iron, it will sharpen, right? But also iron is good for fixing wrinkles in your shirt. So too can our words impact someone else. They can be heavy. They can have great impact on someone's life. They can even hurt. If I threw this at you, that would hurt, right? It might only be 3.8 pounds, but it feels like 20. And if I put any kind of force behind it, that's going to leave a mark, right? It's going to leave a bruise. Our words are just the same. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, this is the verse that we are really launching from today. Verse 15 says this, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So our context is what we've been talking about is the church. We've been talking about the church structure, leaders in our lives and what their purpose is, why they say things and do things in our lives. We've been talking about that. Well, this continues, the passage continues that we, the body, leaders, people in our lives, ought to speak the truth in love. And what that does is it allows us to grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Meaning when people tell us the truth, we grow from that. When they tell us the truth, what happens is if we submit to it, our lives look more like him. Make sense? So Brandon, my pastor, Chris, father to me, and Nate, a friend, all spoke truth into my life. And these instances each grew me. They spoke the truth. I grew up. So I, I have an intentional aim for being faithful that I didn't have before Brandon. Now, if I commit to something, there is, I like to think there's nothing that's going to get in the way of me fulfilling that commitment. Why? Because I just do what I've said I've, I'll, I'll do. Right? I'm not perfect. I fail. But I have an intentionality to be faithful that I didn't have before. I also have a humbled attitude uh, of being fatherly and brotherly toward all my sisters in the church that I didn't have. I didn't understand before Chris. When a big forearm like Chris's says, treat my daughter with purity, I'm like, yes, and I will treat all daughters with purity. Yes, sir. Right? That I didn't have perspective. I was humbled. I have a different attitude. I have a quickened eye, an eye that's made alive and ready and looking for being blameless that I didn't have before Nate had that conversation. I want to ask you a question. What do all these men, Brandon, Chris, and Nate, have in common? What do those three guys have in common? We think the color of their hair. Well, Chris doesn't. Chris doesn't have hair. Uh, they're all my friends. But even more specifically, because is Chris my friend? Yeah. They were speaking the truth. They all love me. Okay, and, and, and they have all expressed and even proven 
over time that they love me unconditionally. Unconditionally. I know that no matter what I do, those three guys will love me. I know and I feel loved by them all the time. I know it, but I feel it. It's a difference, right? If your parent loves you, but they never spend time with you, do you feel loved? No. Okay. Even if you acknowledge, I know they, I know they love me. Is your, is your love tank full? Well, obviously not. So when they tell you, go clean your room, are you just like, well, okay, yeah, sure, no worries. No, obviously you have this initial reaction of, no way, rebellion, right? Now you go clean your room regardless, okay? Because the Bible says children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. But the point being, when your love tank is filled up, it's easier to receive a hard word, right? Make sense? Here's your key point. Here's what you need to know. Here's what we draw from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. That the truth fertilized in love grows us into maturity. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to develop another illustration for it. The truth fertilized in love grows us into maturity. And so uh, let me ask you this. Do you want to be a leader like Brandon was in my life? Do you want to be that for someone else? Do you want to lead other people? Do you want to lead people to the Lord? You want to lead people in Bible study? Do you want to be a father figure in someone's life? And maybe you think, I'm 14. Why would I want to? I'm a 14-year-old girl. Why would I want to be a father figure in someone's life? Okay, let that, let that role kind of translate into your situation. Okay? I'm not saying actually be someone's dad. I'm none of your dad. But some of you, I fill the role of a father for you. Now. I'm not picking on any certain person, but I would guess that there are people in this room that would say, yeah, Jeff is kind of like a father to me. Okay. Do you want to have some kind of investment, impact, influence in someone's life? Do you want to simply just be an excellent friend? Maybe that's it. Maybe you don't want to be a leader. Maybe you don't want to like, I don't know, take care of people. Maybe you just want to be a good friend. I think we can all find ourselves there. Well, here's the answer. Now track with me. Be a spiritual farmer. Be a spiritual farmer. Now, let me explain that while you write that down. What we are called to do by Scripture is to love people with a tender, authentic, and humble heart. That's how you ought to love people. You should do a phrase study of the phrase, in love, in love. And you're not going to find some prince and a princess riding on a horse with a frog and a goose and weird stuff. But you are going to find what it looks like to do things in love. You should look that up. But you should love people. What you're going to find is that you should love people with a tender, authentic, and humble heart. But then you should also speak truth to them with that same heart. Okay, your heart ought to be towards Rashawn. It ought to be soft. It ought to be humble. It ought to be authentic. It ought to be selfless. But then not only is my heart that way towards someone, but my words should be expressed and said with that same heart. Does that make sense? My words shouldn't come off different than how my heart ought to be. Good farmers, they plant with care and then they pick fruit with care. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it this way. My grandpa was a commercial fisherman, so fishing, it's in my blood. By the way, I caught a like three-pound rainbow trout in Colorado. It was amazing. No, I threw it back. It was super cool. Josie and I went fishing, and if you haven't, if you're you know, not online with this, I'm on a fishing saga, okay? I am on, I'm going to be a fisherman. So <clears throat> I throw this rubber, this plastic crawdad in the water. Trout don't eat crawdads, but apparently they do. I threw one in and this thing hooked on it and I was like, oh my goodness, I caught a fish, right? And so I'm reeling it in and it's this humongous trout. And I don't, I don't know anything about trout. So I like try to stick my thumb in it. Nope, because it has razor blade teeth. I'm like, guess I don't do that. So I'm grabbing it. I stick it in between my legs and it's like, 
flip-flopping and I'm like trying to get the hook out and I, I get the hook out and I hit holding this thing and I'm like, it's humongous. And all the people around are like, whoa, dude, like you caught a monster. And they're all catching these like tiny little things. I feel so good about myself. I, I'm like, hey, will you do me a favor? Will you take our picture? And so I've got Josie here and I got this huge fish and they take a picture and it didn't even, didn't even go through. I didn't even get the picture, so I can't even prove it. No, 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 no. This one. Haters going to hate, okay? Doubters are going to doubt. So I'll just, te- I'll, I'll just tell you this, okay? Fishing is in my blood, okay? It's in there, and it can't get out. My grandpa actually was, he was a commercial fisherman, so he went and fished for his livelihood. He had a, he had a store, and he sold fish. And then he later moved on and, and he was a farmer. And so I grew up on the Missouri River with my mom and my grandpa catching humongous catfish and me riding go-karts around in people's cornfields, right? But, but all the while, my grandpa had several acres with, he had upwards of 8,000 tomato plants that he had planted and he was harvesting tomatoes and then selling them to grocery stores and neighbors and all kinds of people. And so I grew up seeing the value of of vegetables, fruit and vegetables, watermelon, cantaloupe, cucumbers, all these different beans, all kinds of stuff. And my mom would always take us out to the farm and she said she would go pick with my grandpa, right? We're gonna go pick. I'm like, that sounds awful. I'm gonna like go ride the four-wheeler, go be country, right? Well, my grandpa, he never let me go pick. You know why? He never let me and my brother go pick. He would let my other older cousins go pick, but he never let me go pick. And the reason being, I didn't care about his tomatoes. They didn't matter to me. In fact, they mattered so little. What I did do was on the edge of the the garden, I would take the tomatoes and I would throw them at the road signs. And then I would take the tomatoes and as cars drove by, I would launch them up and let them hit the cars. I was an idiot, right? So of course, grandpa wouldn't let me go pick with him because I didn't care. I didn't have a love for the fruit. So not only was I not allowed to go plant the seed, nor was I allowed to go work the ground, nor was I allowed to go harvest the fruit, the tomatoes. I wasn't allowed to participate because I didn't care. I don't know if you care about souls. I don't know if you care about people. But if you don't, good luck joining in the work. People are fruit. And if you don't care, you won't get you won't get to participate. You won't. Let me switch illustrations a bit for a moment. So, I need you to grab something as heavy as you can find. Just at your table, don't get up and move around just yeah, don't spill your drink, but yeah, you can use the table if you need to. We're going to pump some iron, okay? So grab something. That's okay. We're good. We're good. Okay. I want you to straighten your arm. And I want you to try try to keep your elbow, your elbow stable, okay? Now we're going to do a curl, a curl, okay? Stop screaming at me. Okay. You keep your elbow right here, and then you bring your arm, your hand, all the way up to your shoulder. Okay? You got that? Yeah. And then back down. That's not a curl, bro. Dude, I can't do curls with these. Well, find something else, dude. Okay. Yeah, Brock's breathe. He's got the he's got the the lifter breathe. Yes. Yes. Okay. Everybody, make your weightlifting noise. Ooh. Yes, sir. Oh, look, Christina's got it. Look, yeah, she knows the deal. She's got to wait. She has actually just been working out all morning. Perfect. Okay, stop doing that. All right. Okay, put it on the ground then. So, yeah, that's not it. Okay, so let me explain this. 
I'm going to do something that I tell my students not to do because it is actually bad practice, but um, I was a little lazy at, uh, as I was doing this. According to Livestrong.com, okay, which is not a person, you don't quote a website, you quote a person, okay, but I didn't. This is what the website said. It says, the biceps curl is a single joint, this is the joint, isolation movement that only targets the biceps muscle, which runs from your shoulder to your forearm. However, other muscles, including your brachialis, which is somewhere around here, right? Yes, sir. And your brachioradialis, which is somewhere down here, right? Yes, sir. Small muscles in your upper arm and forearm. They assist the biceps muscle in this curl motion, right? Muscles in your upper back contract without shortening or lengthening in order to stabilize your torso, and muscles in your forearm contract without movement to stabilize your wrist joint. So it's a single joint, and it's working the bicep, but it uses your forearm, other things in your arm, your wrist, your back. Here's the point. When you use or exercise your biceps muscle, you have to engage all kinds of other muscles and tendons, right? Simple motion. You have to use all these different things. How about in a complex uh, action such as throwing a football? What all muscles, think about what all muscles would I be using if I've got the football here, I've got a step, I'm winding back, I'm throwing. I mean, there's all kinds of muscles and tendons that are moving. And if you don't do it correctly, what happens, Brock? What happens when you don't throw that football right? You get real sore. You get tendonitis in your elbow. You get, you get your shoulder gets all whacked out, right? All kinds of things go wrong if you don't do it right, but you're using all these different muscles and tendons. Or how about planting seeds? What muscles would I be using if I'm planting a seed in the ground? Or how about picking a tomato off of the vine and I'm putting it in a basket? All the different muscles. Here's my point. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16 explains body life like this. From whom, he's talking about the head, from Jesus Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. Each joint, each component of the body supplies a connection. It supplies a role to the body functioning. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, every part has a certain amount of uh, responsibility and strength and flexibility and all these different things. And here's what it does. It makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The body works in such unique chemistry that what your body does is it actually strengthens itself and grows as it performs basic functions like a curl. If I do a curl over time, Guess what happens? My bicep begins to look like Phillips, right? If I do this enough times, it's just a basic, I'm not doing much, it's not impressive. Anybody could do this. But if I do it a lot, eventually my bicep's gonna be humongous, right? And maybe not me, but you know, someone with a different you know, body might have a bigger bicep. Let's draw the comparison. First Corinthians 12 verse, uh, 18 says, but now hath God set the members, one of them, verse, in the body, as it hath pleased him. Verse 27 says, we are the body of Christ and members in particular. So God put us into the body of Christ and has unique roles and functions for each of us to grow and to accomplish his will. You have a role as a member of the body of Christ. And you are connected with the tendon sitting next to you. Right? And God actually wants you to grow, but he wants to use you to grow the person next to you. He also wants to use you in coordination, in conjunction with the person next to you to accomplish his will. Okay, you with me still? So let's consider something. This is really important. I've got two people on the screen. This person is a professional athlete. This person is not. Tyreek Hill is 5'10", 185 pounds. 
Jeff Gracer is 5'11", 180 pounds. So I have a question. What is the biggest difference? Is it the one inch of height or the five pounds of weight? What's the biggest difference between me and him? Is it our height or our weight? What's the biggest difference? The most obvious difference between him and I? Is it our height or our weight? <laughs> Guys, it has to be, no, I mean, it has to be the height or the weight, right? But all you have right now is the height and the weight. I don't understand. What are you talking about? Maybe look at the picture. Yeah, I, that's about what I got. My arm is my arm is bigger than his. Okay. Obviously, I am clearly the the superior specimen. <laughs> over this joke, right? Okay, there's two things I wanna address and you said them. Number one, athleticism and number two, body composition. So athleticism, I got a couple definitions, is when your body parts know exactly how, when, and where to move. So even if I weighed the same amount and I was the same height as Tyreek Hill, let's say you give me supernatural speed somehow, he's still gonna catch the football more frequently He's still going to juke and move around the defender more frequently. He's going to be able to block the defender better. He's going to be able to perform the function that he is called to perform better than me because his body knows how to do it. Why? Because his body is connected to his head, and there's this athleticism thing that's really kind of hard to explain, but his body knows what to do better than my body would know what to do. Does that make sense? Some people are just more athletic than others. So you put someone on a field, same muscle and fat composition, and one just is better because his body parts are connected to the brain and there's this muscle memory thing happening and he just knows, his body knows what to do. But also the body composition, which is having the correct amount of muscle bone and fat percentages. And so I'm probably close to Tyreek's uh, fat, you know, he's probably like what, 2%? body fat I'm probably around there like two or 20 or something I don't know but there's those two components that make a difference in someone's body right so let me submit to you that our body this class you guys me us our body is a bit unathletic I'm not talking about you and your physical skill. You are unathletic. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay? Maybe. But I'm talking about actually our body. We're a little bit unathletic, meaning there are members in our body, there are biceps in here that don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Maybe you're a bicep, and what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to contract to pull the hand up. But you're like, I don't know, what, I, what do I do? That ain't it. Some of us don't know what to do. You are a part of this body and you don't know what your role is. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing. You are actually, if you're here this morning, you are supposed to be doing something this morning, not just sitting there and listening to me. There's actually a job for you. That's great news. If you didn't know that, that's fantastic news. If you don't know how to do that, Bro, I'm not mad at you at all. All you got to do is say, hey, what do I do? And then we try to figure that out. And I might, I might call you a bicep, and you're like, I don't think that's it. I think I'm actually a calf. Okay, you're right, my bad. You are a calf. I think I'm a hip flexor. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm more of an IT band. Oh, okay, yeah, right, my bad. We'll work through that together. If you don't know what your role is, please. Admit it. Buy in. But some of us, our body is a bit out of shape. Some of us are, are glutes that have never squatted. We just sit on that glute all day. Your glute is your butt. <laughs> <laughs> 
And some of you, you maybe, you know what your job, your role could be. You know what to do. You're gluten. You're like, I know that I'm supposed to squat and then come back up. That's my role in this body. But you haven't done it. Because you're lazy. Because you're embarrassed. Because you're too proud. Whatever it is. We as a body, we're a little unathletic. We're a, we're a little weak, a little soft. Our body composition isn't quite right. We got a little ex excess fat where there could be muscle. And we just need to, we need to get to work and exercise. Here's your key point. Each member, here's how we clarify these. Each member interacting and serving with others grows the body into maturity. So if Seth is the biceps, and let's say Seth's not hauling, he's not carrying his weight, right? Well, if, you know, he's just kind of playing at it, and he's got a responsibility where he's got to lift this thing, but he's, he's a little soft, he's a little weak. Well, Jasic, guess what? If Jasic is the other arm, if, if he can come support that weight with Seth, guess what happens to Seth? Guess what happens? He gets stronger. If he can't lift this weight because it's too heavy, but he gets some assistance in lifting that weight, and now he's lifting that weight, but he's getting help, guess what's happening to him? He's getting stronger. So maybe you would say, I'm weak. I don't know what I'm supposed to do or what, I, what I'm supposed to do. I can't do it because I don't know how to do it well. I'm not strong enough. I'm not bold enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever enough. Praise God, you're qualified. But now you just need to accept the help of others. And what will happen is you will get stronger. So you say, it's awkward to go do those evangelism things. Sweet. It is for all of us. But if we go together, that makes us stronger. Makes it easier. Makes us better. Right? The question is, do we, think about this as a we. This is not you. You are not individualized right now. You're a body part in the body. Don't we want to be a strong, capable body that can do whatever God calls us to? People come into this class, they're visiting, they get saved, they get plugged into mentorship, they serve on Sundays and Tuesdays, they join the Bible study, they're accountable, they have liberty, they have, they have freedom, they have peace from their sin, they have victory in their life. Don't you want to be part of that as a body? I know I do. That's what I want. Don't we want to be a farmer or a ministry whose back isn't always hurting because certain body parts aren't engaged in movement, right? My IT band, my IT band, I can feel it from here all the way into my glute, and it gets tight, and my hip flexors, they get tight. And you know what happens? My back hurts really bad at the lower bottom right. You say, why does your back hurt when your right leg is tight? I don't know, because they're connected. That's just what they say. So what do I need to do? Well, I need to engage that IT band. I need to stretch it, right? I need to do some weird, like, yoga things. I need to get that thing moving. And what will happen is my back won't hurt. And then what will happen is I'll be able to do more. Does that make sense? Don't we want to be that body? Don't we want to be the farmer or the minister whose body is used to work fully strengthened or fully athletic? I know how to dig the shovel in and throw, I can throw the dirt all the way back there as I'm digging this hole, right? You know the difference between someone who digs a hole and they're like, and they're kind of like just moving the dirt over there versus the guy who comes in and he's like, whoa, and he's launching. And you're like, that's a man right there. Don't you want to be that man as a body? Or the farmer who is, don't we want to be the farmer who is laboring to plant seeds, to work and water the ground with his blood, sweat, and tears, and to gather the fruit in due season? Don't we want to be the body that's doing that? Some of you are fingers. And you're all, you're all anxious. 
you don't want to reach out to somebody and grab onto them and bring them into this group. Yeah, I'm just going to stay in here in the palm where it's nice and warm and comfortable. <laughs> some of you, some of you, you're an arm, but rather than embrace somebody, you'd rather just cross your arms. You stick with the people you know, you're cool. It's too uncomfortable to, you know, reach out to the people and love. Some of you, you're the legs. You're supposed to go, but you're uh, hanging out on your heels back and forth. It's just too awkward. It's too much to, to walk into a mall and talk to people about Jesus. Uh, you're maybe sidestepping. Don't we want to be the body that's at work? Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5, your last verse, and then I got some applications for you. It says this, He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. I mean, I read that and I'm like, dude, you know what I want to do this summer? I want to sleep. I want to play. I want to hide. I want to do my own thing. But do you know what wisdom is? Wisdom is to get to work as a group, us, as a body. My exhortation to you is be a healthy member of a healthy body and let's get to work. Maybe you are a tight IT band which is basically this muscle or tendon or whatever. It goes from your knee up into your hip area and it gets really tight for whatever reason because I walk funny. Okay, maybe you're the IT band and you're a little tight. Stretch. Be stretched. Get uncomfortable. Let me lead and guide you. Let me tell you that, hey, you're actually going to have to put your ankle up on your knee and you're going to have to lean forward. It's going to hurt a little bit. You're going to have to. You're going to have to go join the hospitality team, and it's going to be a little uncomfortable because you're going to have to welcome new people. Or maybe you're Ken, and you have a beautiful singing voice, and you need to get up here and start singing. I don't know what it is, but if you feel like you are, uh, man, not ready, not qualified. That's a lie, bro. You are ready. You are qualified. You just need us. And we need you. Everyone has a part. And so for some of you, it is time to get activated and involved in the ministry we have. You need to join a Bible study. You need to join one of the ministry teams. You need to help me create a ministry team for you to serve on. I'm not that creative. and I'm pretty much at my capacity. But there are different roles. Like Mazzy needs to keep bird-dogging me about getting this social media stuff going. I need her to keep, bother me, bother me, please, because I'm going to forget as soon as I'm done talking about you. I'm going to forget about it. I need you to come to me. And others of you, you have ideas. You want to be part of that social media team. Perfect. Let's do it. Get uncomfortable. For some of you, though, your application is to help pull the weight of others while they heal or while they learn or while they're getting strengthened. Baby Christians, if we're going to use another illustration, a baby, even a two and a half year old, can't really help with the dishes, right? Kylie will let our daughters help do the dishes. Well, what do they do? They actually, they just pull the dish, the, the silverware out of the silverware tray, and they hand it to mom. And then mom takes it and puts it in the drawer. Okay, is she helping? Well, yes and no. That's kind of what our service is. You're kind of just grabbing the silverware and handing it to mom. Perfect. Okay, some of you are the mom, and you're going to have to, you're gonna have to just graciously say, hey, thank you for that fork, and do the actual work, but you're allowing them to participate and to learn and to grow. That's your role. You get to kind of be that father figure, that mother figure but you're called to do so in love, not in impatience and judgment. It's really easy for me to get frustrated when things don't go the way I think they should go. You know what I'm talking about? 
Like if things aren't right, like if the slides aren't done right, I kind of just want to fight the tech team. I just want to like wrestle, you know? Which by the way, they they did a great job today. You guys really did a great job. What's my job? Well, it's to continue to allow them to participate and serve, and they're doing a, a very necessary work, and they're doing a good job. And to just let them do that, not judge them, be impatient with them. Oh my, you know? Will you carry the load for the weak body members and do so in a loving and encouraging manner? That makes sense? Will you encourage people to be involved with you? Will you bring them into the ministry with you? And then maybe you can ask yourself, do they want to be in ministry with you? Why or why not? If not, why not? Is it because you're a jerk? Is it because you don't care about souls? Maybe you should start, right? Let's love the body. Let's love people. Let's speak the truth. Let's edify the body in love. Amen? Tegan, can we sing a song? Is that okay? Okay, I'm going to pray. Tegan's going to come up here and get ready. Here's what, yeah, right. Here's what we're going to do. She's going to get us going on a song. What I'd like us to do as, as the body, we're one body, okay? You are actually part of the person next to you. And, and one thing that's really humbling and good for our heart is to sing next to one another, to listen to each other sing. You're like, I'm not singing. Okay, I'm just asking you, stretch that IT band a little bit, right? Get uncomfortable. Let's use our voices to sing praise, to sing thanksgiving, to, to sing adoration, to sing confession, whatever it is that she ends up singing about, leading us in. Let's just do that together. Does that make sense? Let's end with a, a song as one body singing to the Lord. Okay, I'm going to pray while she gets set up. You pray with me, please, okay? Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you for how clear and, and you know, God, I, I feel like I used a lot of stories and illustrations, but really I just, I jumped off of your illustrations and the ones that you use in scripture. And I'm just thankful that, that you, in your word, it's not all just really hard doctrine and theology and concepts that are ambiguous and, and um, abstract. That God, you use illustrations to help us along. That we are a body. We are a part of the same body. And you're the head. And you dictate and determine what we do and how we do it. Where we go. God, we, we are to be uh, laborers. We're to be husbandmen. You know, we're supposed to sow seeds of the gospel of your word into the soil of men and women's hearts. And so, God, thank you for how simple and clear the mission is. And God, thank you for for desiring to use us. Lord, I I do just ask that you would help this group to know our place, to know what we're supposed to do, um, and to just jump right in. And and whatever organizing and administrating uh, the adults need to do, Lord, lead us and guide us and and help us to do so in encouragement and in love. And um, we're all, I know that I can speak for the adults in here. We're thankful to be part of your work and your ministry to youth and and I think I can speak for the youth too that it is a privilege to get to be used by you and to reach out to our friends and peers God we love you we just ask that as we continue in song that you be glorified that you would continue to draw our hearts to you and that you would be worshipped in Jesus name amen